You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. For win. It's good! It's good! It's good! Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. Animals are like, I don't know if that like, like resonates <laughs> with you, but like you always see tigers in like, like on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at? Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. At some point, somebody's got to take a stand. It's like, hey, man, the Capitol's that way. Chill out. (laughs) No! Stop it! Enjoy the show. All right, welcome in to the Blue Collar Unplugged podcast. This is season three, episode 14. We're getting down to it at the end of the season. Uh, I am your host, Blake Byler, joined as always by... Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle, and we are fresh off of an exciting Alabama basketball win on Wednesday night. The Crimson Tide hosted Florida, a team that is red hot. Uh, Coming into the game, I think had won seven of their last eight, something like that. Alabama was down by as many as 10 points, comes back, forces overtime, ends up winning in overtime by five, uh, thanks to a late game layup from Aaron Estrada. Um, Lots of really strong performances in this one. Grant Nelson had 22 and 8, had six blocks. Aaron Estrada had 20 and 7. No, 28 and 8. 28, yep. Yeah. Mark Sears had 17, 7, and 8. So just all around, a lot of really good stuff here. Um, in a game that it looked like Alabama was going to lose a lot of times. Like I, I felt like most of the game Alabama would take – one step forward and two steps back. Um, but we're going to get into that game. We're going to talk a little bit about this weekend's upcoming matchup with Kentucky, um, a trip that the three of us will all be making. We will all be on the road here very soon to Lexington to see that game. First time I think all of us will be going to Rupp Arena, right? Yep. Yeah, looking forward to that. So that's all going to be a good time, but I'm just going to start with uh, – I'll start with you, Matthew. What – what stood out to you the most in last night's game, whether it be a player, an aspect of the game, what have you? Well, I mean, I think to, to beat a quality opponent like Florida without Latrell Reisel is one impressive in its own sense. And to really uh, just continue to fight, claw their way back against the Gators. They had, they had a pretty big lead at one point in um, just to do it in that fashion and, and over time. Um, and you, again, you mentioned it, a couple of performances from Grant Nelson, who had like six blocks, man. He, that's, that's the kind of effort they've been trying to get from Nelson all year on both ends. He was locked in, did a really good job on Condon and, um, and Samuel. Um, and then Sam Walters had a great night of his own, came off the bench with 14, um, hit four threes, I believe. I mean, if you get that kind of effort from, from Sam uh, throughout the course of the year and a confidence booster like this, Alabama's going to be a really dangerous team in March. But the fact that they were to go out and beat a team like Florida in a really gritty, uh, tough game at home, um, and just knock off the Gators for another top 25 victory without Latrell Reitzel. That is just really impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, that was – I mean, just want to win. Like, that. that's one of those that 
helps you string together another regular season championship, right? Like that is, you, you don't have your best stuff. You're down a guy really for the first time all season. I mean, I, outside of like having Mobagi terminally injured for the season, like just basically crippled to, to half a leg. Uh, and then like a Pringle suspension here and there and a little bit of sickness at Georgia. Like that's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that's, that's the first time you've had a key impact player, especially now with Latrell starting consistently out like that. Uh, and you, and you show up to the occasion, right? You, you don't have to pass all the, obviously going like two of 18 from three in the first half is, is not anything to write home about. Uh, maybe something to complain and write home about. Uh, and you, you just string together a win like that. That game felt exactly like the Clemson game uh, in Coleman. It felt like the end of the stretch of the Purdue game felt like the Creighton game the exact same characteristics where it's like, you just can't quite get the stop, get the bucket that you need uh, and, until Alabama did like, and, until they did yeah. multiple times uh, each, each time that they, they needed to, uh, they got it. And I, I thought, Team showed a lot of really good resilience from a lot of you know at the end of the game there were some the the bounces of the ball all went Alabama's way pretty much like at from tips to the ball magically hitting Aaron Estrada in stride as he goes to lay the ball up like it it's pretty perfect but it also like there was a tipped ball off a rebound that went eight feet in the air above the basket and went yeah that was in. crazy I, I, man I was ready to hang it up right there I like <laughs> what what can you do right. Uh, and then sure enough, Grant Nelson goes down and, and gets the and one to tie it up. But all that to say, like that's they just are finding ways to win these tough games uh, with with significant adversity that you got to battle back from uh, playing a, a team that has an excellent game plan. I mean, they had won seven of eight coming in, some massive wins at Kentucky, obviously beating Auburn at home. Like they are, that's a really good team. I, I don't know how they have five SEC losses. Like it's kind of a weird collection of losses too. Uh, that no one wants to see them in March, and Alabama handled them, and I just did what they needed to do to get to eleven and two in conference play. Alabama's most of Alabama's games have been pretty easily decided, whether it's Alabama blowing somebody out or Alabama getting blown out. But I think what's separated Alabama so far this year is that in those close games, they've been the ones winning them. You go back to, I, I think, of three games. I think last night against Florida, mm-hmm. the Georgia game, where Alabama was down 17-2 to two at the under 12, right? I think and it, then, yeah, like yeah and then storms huh? back, or they didn't actually storm back. They were down 14 at halftime. March. And then they stormed back down the stretch. Nelson hits two threes. They end up winning by like eight, but that was a close game. And then the Mississippi State game from early in the season um, back in January where Alabama won by, I think, eight or so in a game that was like a like a one-possession game with two minutes to go. Um, yeah. All three of those games, Alabama uh, – also the Auburn game. So four close games, and Alabama's been on the winning end of every single one of them. If you want to know what wins an SEC regular season title, it's that. It's winning close games – and being able to execute when it matters. And honestly, at the start of the season, Alabama wasn't like that at all. You look at close game against Creighton, loss. Close game against Purdue, loss. 
relatively close game against Ohio State, loss. Close game against Clemson until the last couple minutes, loss. So that's why Alabama plays this non-conference schedule that they do is that they learn so much from these games that they finally were able and have been able to close out games down the stretch. I remember we had a press conference with Nate Oates um, after the Arizona game, and he was like, we're – good team. It was like, we've been like really good for 75, 80% of these games. You just don't know how to close them out. And now that we've gotten into SEC, pay, SEC play, Alabama's 11 and two, and they've been closing them out. They've just find ways to win. Even when it seems like they're dead in the water multiple times in a game. Yeah. Like last night, there were times where Alabama would finally cut it to one or two points and Florida would go on a six Oh run. I feel like that happened like three times. But every single time, they didn't roll over and die. They stayed the course. They stayed in it uh, and ended up getting the win. It's just remarkable the toughness, the grit, um, the determination that they showed throughout the game and that they've showed throughout this whole SEC season. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's remarkable, right? Like this is the – we were talking some of like – for. You know, as fantastic as last year's team was, that their problem was they didn't really play that many close games, and the ones they did, they couldn't win down the stretch, right? Like that's that was outside of. I mean, they won obviously the Iron Bowl, the the IBOB at home as a comeback win last year, um, and had to battle through Arkansas, but like not that was not a consistent thing down the stretch of the season. Whereas for this, yeah, team, it felt like an SEC play last year. They. They got used to blowing teams out almost. Yeah. <laughs> which so which that, like, is weird. Like they, they were winning by like 40 every game. So, you know. Right. Whatever. Um, but like even I – mean, I think you can throw – obviously the final score does not say this for LSU, but like uh, LSU was up by like three at the nine-minute mark. Like, and that's right. They led rush. late in the game for yeah. sure. And, and then Alabama just storms back and wins by 20. So it's – I mean, that is the type of stuff that you absolutely love to see because, uh, you know, as as weak as the defense has sometimes been, um, especially down the stretch, in those minutes, they also get the stops when they need to, and the offense scores like 85% of the time like on these tight game possessions. I need, I need to run the, the points per possession, but I know like for the end of the Auburn game, they scored on 10 of 11 possessions in Coleman. Again, I would anticipate last night was pretty close to similar. Georgia's definitely similar. Mississippi State definitely similar. It's like that's that's just the stuff that wins you basketball games, and that that works in March. Matthew, I wanted to ask you about what you thought of Grant Nelson's game last night because we we mentioned his stat line a little bit earlier: twenty two points, six blocks, eight rebounds. Um, I I feel like whenever you saw the North Dakota State highlights, whenever he was Recruited and, and he committed to Alabama. Like last night is what you pictured whenever, or at least to me, is what I pictured whenever I envisioned Grant Nelson in this offense. What what did you make of what he was able to do last night? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Alabama was really hoping for Grant coming in was to, to really use that athleticism to his advantage. And obviously he's dealt with some injuries this year, but that was really the first game where we've seen Grant Nelson really look like the athlete that he was coming out of the portal. Uh, I mean, he 
dominated the game in just about every facet. I mean, we mentioned it. The the blocks uh, had a couple of uh, really put home dunks that were got the crowd going. Um, he played great. Uh, the effort on both ends was there. He looked athletic. Uh, did a great job guarding on, on on defense and offensively was really like the the almost I wouldn't say the point person, but he um, just played really great. Uh, let the game come to him and uh, Florida had no answer for him and either facet of the game. That's the first time we've really seen Grant dominate a game from point A to point B uh, to the conclusion of the game. And um, that's what they've been kind of hoping for the rest of the year. I know Alabama's going to uh, look for more performances like that from Grant. I, I think it's been really impressive to see the way that he's gotten more comfortable over the course of the season. Because for a long time, he just looked so out of sorts, no confidence almost it felt like, especially after that Arizona game where he went like three of 15 from three. Like from that point until about midway through January, I felt like he just didn't feel like or know what he wanted to be in this offense. And then really in the second half of the home Auburn game, he got a little more comfortable. And then slowly but surely since then, he just has looked – natural it hasn't looked weird for him to be able to fit into this offense or this defense quite frankly I think uh Nate Oates has mentioned it's been helping having him move down to the five uh which I totally agree with I think he's been better there than he was at the four um it also gives better spacing for Alabama's offense when he's at the five because the other option is putting him at the four and putting either Wagi or Pringle at the five and they're going to camp out in the lane so when you have Nelson, he's more mobile. He can move in and out of the uh, from from behind the arc. Like he he spreads uh, defenses out even more. But just he looks so much more comfortable. And it, it, I can't get that performance from last night out of my head. Like the 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 drive early in the game when he rose up and threw the the, the tomahawk down, and then the second half he did the same thing with Walter Clayton standing under the basket. Uh, and, and then the six blocks, like everything he did was like, this is what Alabama needs you to do. Like you are doing the role that you were brought here to do. Um, and especially after in the eyes of some fans, uh, maybe being a little disappointing over the first little bit of SEC play, he didn't score double figures for like two, three weeks in, in SEC play. Now being able to do that, that just says a lot about him, his growth, and also what he can do for Alabama and what Alabama can be with him playing like this um, as we get closer to March. Yeah, and I, I really think it speaks to Grant's mental toughness, too, to be able to take a shot in the gut like that of not performing very well to start the year, to have yeah. all of those expectations that Alabama fans and even your head coach kind of put on top of you, to take that and not perform to the level that you wanted, and to come out and just keep improving on a, a – daily basis and get to this point where now you're beginning to really catch your stride right at the right time for Alabama as they're trying to clinch an SEC regular season championship, as they're trying to win an SEC tournament, as they're trying to make a deep March run. This is exactly what uh, Alabama was hoping for, Grant. It's coming at the right time when they needed it. Before Grant, with that, the mental toughness that he's shown has been really impressive to me. It's just so cool to watch him when he is fully on, like he was last yeah. night. Like that the swagger that he plays with, like at, I, I mean, having six blocks, like being able to block in defensively like that and just own it, uh, was fantastic. And I, 
whenever he's able to to have that pump fake two step drive to the rim and open everything up, I mean that's that is the NATO's offense, and that is exactly what you want out of your big man like that. Um, and I think I think he went two of two from three last night. I I don't think he took three. I could be wrong. Um, let me see. Let me double check. He was one one of three. One of three. Yeah. He hit the one yeah. in the corner late. I like swore he made one in the first half. I don't know. I it was Sam. He mixed the whites up. That's that's probably what it was. No, <laughs> oh, it was a. Uh, he like took one of the first ones, and it was the one that Estrada like got and. Like, oh yeah. It like bounced off the back, but he just went went under and reversed it. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I gosh, yeah, Grant was vibing last night across the board. I mean, he was fighting hard defensively. I I loved our defensive game plan of just. Run, like just blitz someone whenever they go up and hedge and try and block that out as much as possible. Uh, they were super susceptible defensively to to the pick and roll. I mean that was they were just letting that go all night. And we kind of got a little too careless throwing lobs to Pringle. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, but I I thought I, Pringle was really good. Oh, I I thought so too. We in the first half we just, it was like. Great. I don't even know who we thought prime LeBron. Like I, so they some don't of them know how to accurately throw a lob to Pringle. It happened in this game and in the LSU game. Like yeah. Florida and LSU were really bad at tagging Pringle as a roller, and so yes. and, and Pringle also is a very good instinctive roll man. Like he yes. he knows the spot to be in because he knows he jumps high and that's how he scores. Right. Um, like like JQ was perfect at throwing those yeah. lobs, um, and I think he kind of ate up L- – or not LSU. I think he kind of ate up Florida's defense doing that last year too. I remember him having a couple of uh, of caught lobs in the Florida game last season. Um, so it might be just something about Florida's screen coverage. Um, but the way that Alabama was able to use him outside of whenever he tried that Euro step, um, like he, he he's so athletic that he's able to just go up and he can double clutch if he needs to, but – yeah. He's getting the ball in the basket when when he's open like that. If he gets a good lob and and, and yeah. just the way that he's such a good serviceable backup big man and energy yeah. guy, um, it, it's been a great thing to see, especially since he's come back from that second suspension. And it's almost like something's clicked with him, and he's playing at a much higher level since that second suspension that kept him out for two games. One hundred percent. I mean, he's what he had. So he was out at Georgia and against Mississippi State that Saturday and then played Came at Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. yeah, and then he had like 23 against LSU. I think he had – I feel like he had a decent game Saturday. He did not. Never mind. Um, but we also didn't have to play him that much because – He didn't play much Saturday, did he? Yeah, he only played like eight, nine minutes. Uh, yeah. But he – no, he just gets up and hangs in the air for so long that like if the if the lob goes high, he he'll just come down to double clutch and like somehow the ball will run around and go in the basket. Like that's I he just he does what you need it to. And that's that's really just that. And whenever he's on and I I just thought you saw so much of because it wasn't Mark's best game, but I also thought they defended him really well just across the board. Uh between Zion Pullen and Walter Clayton, they were they were on mark, um, but it opened up opened up the door for honestly. I, it's probably Aaron's 
Aaron Estrada's best game last night too. Like oh, one of for sure. Like he was really good. He was so good. Twenty eight and eight. That's he's that's so crazy. smooth. Like oh, <laughs> like no. I see it, and I like every take that he has. Like every time he goes up, it's something crafty and creative that I'm like I've never seen. You don't normally see college basketball players with a bag this deep. No. He, he's amazing. Like, it is – I, <laughs> whenever he gets into the paint, I'm like, okay, this is I, – I just can't wait to see what he does. Like, I know he's scoring, and he's yeah. just going to do it. Like, he, he turned around um, – who is it? Han Lockton? Uh, three or four times. Like, he <laughs> made him look silly, like beat guards to the spot. I just – and I mean, he—that is what you get out of a veteran guard, right? Like that's that's perfect. Like we, would it be nice if he would make a few more threes? Sure, but when he's shooting nine for eleven from two, do you need anything else from him? Not really. Like that's that's pretty perfect. And to have eight assists, I, like that is the backcourt is unbelievable, and it is like it's genuinely a shame that it's not getting more national. I mean, obviously the offense is getting national attention, but. Specifically, the, the two of them are just – they're special. Yeah, he's like JQ, but tall and with a good attitude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, it's nice when you don't have to, to beg your point guard to work hard. I have a, I have a funny stat about, um, about Aaron Estrada. So Aaron Estrada is shooting 33.3% from three, which is – one, two, three, four, fifth on the Alabama team in terms of rotation players. He would have been the – am I reading this right? Yeah, he's shooting the same or a one percentage point difference um, from what Mark Sears shot last year. Jeez. As the, and as it the feels like best. he can't hit a three. Yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> it feels like Estrada like can't hit a three half like obviously more than half the time. Like it, it feels like he's struggling right. to shoot the ball. Um and also he's been really successful in the lane, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but he's still shooting thirty three percent on the season. Mark Sears shot thirty four percent last year. And it felt like he could really shoot it last year. Um <laughs> your your percentages last year were Brandon Miller thirty eight. JQ 35, Mark Sears 34, Namari Burnett 32, Jaden Bradley 32, Noah Gurley 31, Rylan Griffin 30, Jayden Noah Bradley Clowney 38. From three. Yeah, on like half an attempt per game. Okay, I was about to say. How? Yeah, he didn't shoot it much. Uh, and, yeah. and Dom Welch 22%. Then you look at this year. Sam Walters, 45%. Latrell Reitzel, 44%. Mark Sears, 43%. Rylan Griffin, 40%. Estrada, 33%. Stevenson, 31%. Stevenson's shooting 3% higher from three than Noah Clowney was last year. He's also shooting... About the same as like Namari Burnett. Wow. Kind of crazy. 
then Grant Nelson, 27, which is up from what he was a couple weeks ago. So good for him. Um, and then Muhammad Diabati, 11%, because he oh. keeps shooting for some reason. He's made one. The hesitancy in his shot every time. He's just begging to not have to shoot. It's it's kind of funny. Like it, it he like forces I, I, himself. It's like it hurts him. It, it, yeah, it, it hurts me to watch. <laughs> oh, and uh, Wagi is fifty percent. True. Somehow, he, elite elite three point shooter. He's going to get a suspension from the SEC probably, and oh it, yeah, it, and it's deserved. He earned yeah. that one. Suspended. That that don't. There's no room place for He's that. He's like. He's like the nicest guy. It's just so weird to see him. Like this is like the second one of these. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, broom too. Yeah. Well, he also is like very prone to like just frustration blocking fouls when he get beat when he gets beat. I like guess. Yeah, that happens a lot. So I like don't. It's it's strange. I'm I'm sure the injuries are. I don't know. Maybe they're taking a toll on him. I don't know. But he, he, he got the internal suspension at least last night. That yeah, we'll, we'll three find minutes. out. Yeah. Uh, have we talked about Sam Walters yet? Oh, we have not. I was about to say we got to Yeah, that's a, I we can talk about him before we move on to Kentucky. Um, Sam Walters, the the crowd pop when Sam Walters does literally anything is so funny. He could get a rebound, he could make a layup, he could hit a three. It doesn't matter. Coleman's going crazy whenever he does anything, and I love it. It's hilarious. They love that kid so much. It's so funny. It like it truly gets me every time. Like I, whenever he makes his first shot or whatever, he when he comes in the game, I just like, I like don't even like. I obviously celebrate. I'm excited, but it's just like it just cracks me up. They love it. it there's there's an extra pop. Like I, and it's I don't know. It's great. And he's like a viable both ways basketball player. Finally. Like from Saturday to now, like A and M was like okay, you can do it, and he did it yesterday. Oh, and that's, I mean, that's monumental. Like if you basically be able to bring him in more often. And I think like he ran at the four some with like Aaron, Mark, Rylan, Sam and Grant. Like that's, that that's something to consider. That's a different look. They that ran with the three a good fit too. Yeah. yeah. Cause and, with and Rylan kind of having a down game, it was good opportunity for Sam to get some minutes. Especially with rights allowed. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, Nate considers Sam a guard right. more than a big, obviously. Um, yeah. He's not big. He's tall. He's not big. Uh, right. So he considers Sam a guard. So bringing him off the bench, he's really the only guard coming off the bench in the rotation. Uh, and he just did exactly what he needs to do. He played defense decently well, had two blocks, played defense well enough to stay on the floor. He's been rebounding the ball well the past two games. Um, and then he just found his spots, made the shots, did exactly what he needed to do, four for seven from three. When no one else on the team could hit, I think – well, he, he made half of Alabama's threes. Alabama yeah. hit eight threes. He hit four well, of them. And he, and he had one taken away from him from the mark, yeah. stepped out, I think, or tried to hook around. I don't know. But he, he also made a, even another one in that. Like, I – and there was one. He missed one barely off the front rim. I think when it was tied, maybe at seventy-five, that I like, I thought he greened it, and I thought Coleman was going to. I thought the ceiling was going to cave in if he came to that. It would have. 
I mean, ha- what- having him in that form is just so special for what Alabama can do. It just gives you options. He and- makes them so dangerous when he's able to play real minutes. Yeah. Because in a lot of games earlier in the season, he would play like six, seven minutes against like higher level, more physical competition. Yeah. Um, he, he just wasn't really playable in those games. And he's worked himself to the point where he can play in those games. And since he can play in those games defensively, he can make a massive offensive impact with the way he can shoot the ball. And, and you know how many fouls he had last night? Zero. Zero. That's got to be the first time he's ever done that. In 14 minutes, zero fouls. I'm impressed. That's, I mean, it was, wow. it was fantastic. Easily. And you one, just one think about, games. Yeah. I was say, you think about the potential he has in the coming years, too. Goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, he gets a little bit stronger. He gets a little better at finishing around the basket and making some of those kind of plays. And then that's going to open up even more for him from the three point uh, line. I mean, it's Sam's got all the potential in the world to be an all SEC type player, and he's young. He's going to be really good. Yeah. Alabama, not Alabama fans, SEC fans are going to hate him by the time he's like a junior and probably in the starting lineup at that point. Like, he could be terrorizing SEC teams with that shot for a long time because he's not going to get worse shooting. Like he, that's a really, really good three point shot that he's got on him. Um, So he's going to be a good player for sure. He already is a good player, but he's going to, as his role increases over, um, over the years during his career, he's going to, he can be very, very good. So we can move into a little bit of talk about Saturday. Um, Alabama is going on the road to face number 17, Kentucky, a Kentucky team that has been kind of up and down this entire season. Um, They were ranked super high at one point, but kind of throughout conference play, they've won some games that that are big. They beat Auburn on the road last Saturday, but then immediately they turn around, go on the road to LSU, and lose on a buzzer beater, a game that they really didn't need to lose, especially if they – that kind of eliminated them from the SEC title hunt, um, to be quite honest, unless things just completely fall apart. Um, So they have an insanely good offense. They have – they are number nine in offensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Their defense – is right below Alabama's at 77th. Alabama's is 73rd. Um, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, they have bucket getters all over the floor. Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, Antonio Reeves. Um, it's going to be a fun basketball game. And I don't – this is one where I'm like, I have no idea who's going to win it. Ken Palm favors Alabama by two. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? I – I think Alabama's going to get it done. I, I don't think Kentucky is good enough to – I mean, you look at, like, the, the two games where Alabama really got beat were at Auburn, at Tennessee, so places you've historically struggled to win at. Again, road to SEC, all that. Uh, you kind of know going in what you're up against. <clears throat> I, I think there's a ton of reason to be really confident. Just system on system for, for Oates going into Saturday. I mean, you look at the five or six games – 
between Oates and Calipari since it's been here and like I think it's three and two, if I'm not mistaken. Three and three. That's right. Lost first year, swept, got swept, won one last year. Um, that's right. But none of you didn't get blown out in any of the, the losses. Like this system clearly held true and helped you stay close in tight games against better teams. Like I, I think this is one of those modern things where Cal just I I just don't think it suits his eye. I mean, Florida, like, see what Florida did when they went up to, to Memphis. They made it happen. Yeah. And they they easily – Florida should have won at home, too. That's kind of crazy that they did not sweep Kentucky. Um, but, but, I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic going into Saturday. I, I think this is a game that sets up well for Alabama to just stay in it and, and grind it out. Uh, and by, by grind it out, I mean flying up and down the floor, scoring <laughs> – 12 points. Uh, but I, I think you think you're just going to head him out. Like I, I thought Kentucky's defense looked really good against Auburn. I also thought Florida's defensive game plan for Auburn gave Kentucky a lot to work with as far as like limiting, just having a really, really good answer for Janai Broom. And I think that affected Auburn's offense more than Kentucky's like defense actually being that much better clearly as LSU beat them last night. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel good going into Saturday. I mean, it, it's at Rupp, and, like, anything can happen there. They're not desperate. Like, they'll be in the tournament, but certainly at 18-8, and eight, like below Kentucky's historical kind of past averages, 8-5 uh, and five in the conference and, like, being out of the title race before I, – I guess it's mid middle to end of February now, but being definitively out minus, like, a collapse that shifts things around that much. They need I, a miracle. Yeah, they do. So I, I think this sets up well for Alabama, all in all. Yeah, and I think the one area on the court, too, where Alabama is just, I don't know about ahead, but they're very, way more experienced than Kentucky on, on the floor. I mean, Bama's guys like Estrada and Nelson, Sears, uh, and Kentucky's oldest player now is Antonio Reeves. Everyone else is either freshman or sophomore in that starting lineup, whether it be Dillingham or, um, like, uh, Reed Shepard, just they're a young team. They're really good. They're really talented. They can score, but defensively they're they're not great. They're young, and I just I think it bodes well for Alabama to come into an environment like that. Even though they're going to be going on the road, I, I think Alabama holds the advantage of having that experience and knowing what it's like to be in an SEC championship type battle and be in that environment. Whereas Antonio Reeves has maybe everyone else not so much. I, I think. Bama just holds the upper hand there, and I, I really – I expect Alabama to win. We'll see. But I think offensively and the, the way Blake kind of mentioned and Jacob kind of mentioned is like the – I just – I think they match up well in all facets of the game versus Kentucky, and I think it should be a game Alabama should win. Interestingly enough, Kentucky plays worse defense at home than they do on the road. It, like statistically, they do, and that stat alone tells me that Alabama's going to be in this game. Also, the fact that Alabama couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with their shooting against Florida tells me that they're probably going to have a good shooting game. Uh, but also, Kentucky a week ago, not even a week ago, a couple days ago, against Auburn put on one of the better defensive, probably the best defensive performance that they've had all season. 
So, I don't know. I have gone back and forth about this game all week, especially after Florida game. Like, I, I just don't know. The rest of Alabama's schedule, and you can call me crazy if I want, if you want, for thinking that Alabama's going to beat Tennessee. I think, like, the other four Alabama games in my head, like, the result is decided. I think Alabama's beating Ole Miss. I think they're beating Tennessee. I think they're beating Arkansas. And I think they're going to lose when they go to Gainesville and play Florida again. This Kentucky game has had me back and forth the whole time because I'm like, I, I don't know. I could see either one. I think what's holding me up is I remember the last time that Alabama went to Rupp Arena and they were hitting everything. Alabama hit everything. It was the Keon Ellis game. I think he scored 30. Uh, but then I think Alabama had a 10-point lead and then Kentucky just started lighting it up. It was Kellen Grady. Um, getting a, a pass that he wasn't looking for, knocked his feet, picks up, he hits a shot, um, like that kind of stuff. And then Rupp went crazy, uh, and Alabama couldn't hang on. And so that being the last time that Alabama went to Rupp and knowing that Kentucky has an offense that can do that makes it worrying. So I, I think I think Kentucky squeaks it out, but I think Alabama competes. I think it's going to be close. But also, if you lose this game, if you're Alabama, it's not a death sentence in terms of your SEC title hopes. If you lose, if you had lost to Florida the other night, that's a different story. But the fact that you won at Florida or you won against Florida, and you get Tennessee coming in, coming at home still, that doesn't make this a super desperate must-win. But if you do win uh, and do beat Kentucky on the road, then like you, you can start. Like you, you could take the ladders out of the closet in Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, to get get like, the confetti ordered. Like get it. the like order the confetti, because like it, it would take Alabama sitting at twelve and two. Yeah. With Tennessee to still come in Coleman Coliseum, and, and your road game, one of your road games is Ole Miss. Ole Miss yeah. doesn't concern me. So I think. A win this weekend, and I think Alabama will almost certainly get a share of the title. And they're in a really good spot to win it outright if they do win. Yeah. Go ahead, Jacob. You got it. Okay. Um, I was just going to say I completely agree because, again, when you look at Tennessee's schedule, I firmly believe it's going to be between Alabama and Tennessee. I think you can almost write Auburn and South Carolina off the board at this point. Um and even Kentucky, I think it's going to be between Alabama and Tennessee. When you look at Tennessee's schedule, they've, they've got to drop at least one, maybe two of those games, even outside of Alabama. I mean, they, they go to they go to Rupp themselves, they go to SC, they go to Alabama, then they play Auburn and they've, at home. That's a grueling end to the season. It's worse than Alabama's in. It's worse than the other teams. I think Tennessee drops one or two of those possibly. Um and so, again, uh, if you win this game and you beat Tennessee, I, you're going to be the SEC champion. I think if you win this game, you probably might be anyways. It's it's just one of those kind of games. Yeah, Matthew, I, I totally agree. Uh, I Tennessee's closing is, schedule is tough, right? And, like, if we're, even regardless of what they do, like, you you get, you get a, a winner-take-all game essentially for Alabama – in Coleman Coliseum with you know, some pretty pretty big potential things going on that day on campus. Like it is 
you can't ask for much more than that, truly. Like, likely going to be a top 10 game, very plausibly, depending on if uh, if Alabama wins this week. If they win this weekend, yeah. Like, the, you can't not move them up, right? You're having two wins over, I mean, in AP logic. Two ranked wins in a week? In, yeah. yeah, they'll be top 10. Yeah, like it's. And Tennessee's going to beat them breaks off of Texas A&M on Saturday. Probably. probably. Oh, they are. I, t- Tennessee's floor is, like, so low. They're at home, and they got beat by them last time. Hey, listen, I, I agree. I just t- – Tennessee was down eight to Missouri for courtesy of like five Nick Honor threes. So, I I just yeah. – I never know. But, no, I, I think I think Tennessee probably gets it done against a and I think – Think there might be a world where you want Auburn to win next week at Tennessee? Oh, it would certainly help in terms of the title race. Yeah, because Auburn would still be two games back. Tennessee would also be two games back. Auburn might be three games back after Saturday. I don't know. I think Georgia's going to give them trouble. I think Georgia will too. I think Georgia will lose by seven after being up by eight in the second half. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) about right. That's my That's, official, official prediction. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, what the Torvik odds are like 78% Alabama, at least a share, 60% Seoul. I mean, it's it's there for you. It's going to happen. It's, it's right there for the taking. They just yeah. have to take care of business, which they've done to this point. Yeah. It would take – them going off course of what has already been happening this season for them to not win the title at this point. And and I think, you know, even more who this team is after the last month. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had my fun last night in the midst of writing my, my 490 paper going through the, uh, many, many people's tweets after the Arizona game. And it was just funny of like, wow, just uh, all, all that way the team has come, come to now of like, hey, what they were in December is not what they are now in late February, first in the conference, to have a real shot at getting a two seed if you play some serious like basketball at, at the very, like, solidly on the three line. That's just, it's special, man. It's it's special. It is. And, it's been a, a crazy, unexpected, fun season for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else we got? We got anything else before we before we wrap this thing up? Let's see. Let's see. Let me the ram things out there. I, don't, I feel like this week was a big week on Twitter. I'm trying to think of the things. I, don't I was a big fan of uh, Oates' gold jacket. I thought that was sick. I, I actually also like the jacket a lot. There was Tony, uh, Tony Sukalis was like, so you chose the mustard jacket today, Coach, as he was, like, leaving. Uh, yeah. and it was like, oh, you like the jacket? My daughters hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had a fun laugh after his press conference ended uh, on, on Wednesday about his daughters didn't like the jacket. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Nah, I, I saw him come out of the tunnel with it, and I was like, oh, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Maybe he was trying. To, maybe he thought it was a little bit more green. Was getting after the the alligator <laughs> skin aesthetic. You know, what what goes on in the mind of of NATO? It's truly no one knows. No one numbers, knows. lots of numbers, threes, defense. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap up 
today's episode of Blue Collar and Plug. We'll be back next week to talk about um, the results of this Kentucky game, potentially a trip to Oxford, potentially uh, some people coming to Tuscaloosa next weekend. You never know. Who knows what's going to happen? Truly, who is to say? Who could know? Who's to say? Reese Davis is not to say, that's for sure. He can't say. He definitely didn't saying. say. I, de- I definitely <laughs> didn't get the impression that he was saying. Uh, but, yeah, that's all for today, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.